0: Good morning, we read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Also, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector I fast twice a week I give ties of all that I possess and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying God be merciful to me a sinner I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted We pray. These are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. Sometimes people can be kind of weird with how they're motivated to do certain things. And I found it out, uh, kind of a really weird thing, when I went to Visit my brother and his family, and they live in DC area, Northern Virginia. And so, out there, they got some pretty big freeways and the Beltway, and all of that. And you know, let's just say they don't exactly drive how we tend to do in friendly Minnesota. Uh, I mean, this morning itself, I'm not even messing with you, but I was backing out and out of my driveway, and someone actually stopped to just let me back out and then go on my way here. Uh, but now where my brother and his family are at, you know, they can get a little ag- aggressive sometimes with driving. And, and one time we were out driving and saw some stuff, and my, my nephew Jack had to actually explain something to me. That's, you know, I guess how old I'm getting now. Uh, and it was this thing that they call rolling coal, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I hadn't. But I guess it's one of those things where you have a a big sports car or truck and it's not just enough to kind of put out the emissions or whatever that you normally do. You like mod it to put out as much smoke and the darkest smoke you can put out of that. And the interesting thing about it to me is that I guess it's a it's a more recent thing, and they do it especially to vehicles that are like eco-friendly vehicles. So it's like if someone is driving a Tesla, or you know some hybrid, it's like you I guess you cut them off, and then you just dump smoke on them. And uh, you know Teslas have those dash cams, so then it you know you really probably see the smoke. Uh, and so it's kind of just, I don't know, maybe psychology people have an explanation for why it is the way it is. But it's interesting that people, it's not enough, you can't just have smoke come out. You have to kind of stick it to someone while you're doing it. It has to be in reaction to something else. I think we see a little bit of that kind of aspect of our fallen human nature in, in this lesson today, actually. Because really the Pharisee, He says some stuff that he's done, and some of that sounds okay. But he really has to kind of define himself against that tax collector. He kind of has to roll coal on him, so to speak. And I think that says a lot about how we understand our own identity or who we really are. And I think this lesson helps us unpack that this morning. Because, you know, this is a parable. Jesus is telling a story, and he could have crafted it in any old way he wanted to. He could have had one go in and then another guy go in. But he has these two people go to the temple at the same time and, in fact, interact with each other. Or really, it's just the Pharisee interacting with the tax collector. And, you know, you see from his prayer, at first you can think he's praying about himself a lot, But no, he's praying about other people a lot. He's really defining and understanding his identity in contrast to other people, including that tax collector. And just like you don't roll coal with no one there to see and be awed by or be upset by or whatever, you need that Tesla to roll coal on. He needed, in fact, that tax collector for his identity, who he was thinking himself to be, how he was defining himself, really needed that tax collector. And he needed the tax collector and others to be the villain in that. And so, he, uh, you know... Jesus doesn't just speak this parable, as he says, against against those who are work-righteous or who trust in themselves to be right with God. It is this little extra add-on where it says, and despised others. Now, you know, we don't really say despise a whole lot in our everyday speech. And I'm not like, good sir, how many people have you despised today? And well, I'll check my Rolodex and figure that out. It's We don't really use that word, but I think what we do use that wouldn't show up in a Bible translation is the word negativity. See, I think we don't tend to think of ourselves as despising other people, but we do tend to get pretty negative to other people. And I think the Bible addresses that when we actually unpack the language. And in our everyday speech, I mean, you could say the Pharisees giving off some serious negative vibes here. And the thing is, is if I were like, You guys, you know, we all can be work righteous at times like the Pharisee. You'd be like, nah, not me. I know, like, from the way this parable is presented itself, I should be being like the tax collector. I'm fine. I trust. I know I have sins and I know Jesus takes care of them. But if I said, well, just like the Pharisees trust in himself, to be right with God, is shown by his negativity, I think we realize that often our negativity to other people can show where our trust and identity are really lining up at. Often, it's easy for us to define who we are, figure out our identity, in relation to other people around us. And when we do it, it kind of gets negative pretty quickly. Because the thing is, is we're going to look at other people and it's, it's easy to, like in the lesson here, it's easy to play a comparison game. When we do that, it's easy to see, well, where other people messed up. And think, well, you know, I don't do that at least. And we can highlight the sins of others in our mind or in our talk to other people. Sometimes our negativity toward other people shows up, I think, because we're negative about ourselves. We see someone else do something well and instead of you know, having a healthy reaction that could be like, well, maybe I could learn something about how to improve or you know take advice from this person. We're like, well, let's get out the giant magnifying glass and see what I'm going to pick on of this person so I can just you know be dismissive and negative about it. And I think... When we're negative and we let that negativity get in control of our lives, it really shows that deep down we are finding our rightness and our righteousness uh, not in God, but in defining ourselves over and against the people around us. Uh, And again, ending up in a largely negative way. Negativity is such a problem because it keeps us from really recognizing who we really are. I mean, it's one of those things where we all want to be genuine and authentic. No one is like, I want to be super fake. We all want to be genuine and live out who I really am or you want to be who you really are. And yet, when we define ourselves over and against other people, I mean, are we really being who we really are? Or are we just... Who we are in opposition to someone else next door to us—we really grounding our identity in other people, and with that negativity, often disintegrating who we really are, who we were created to be. And so I think our lesson unpacks for us well. The solution—it's obvious that you know comparing, playing comparison games with others, and that negativity does doesn't—it doesn't work out. It just spirals and spirals our identity can't manage that but i think we see our identity has to be grounded in god our creator and that really is what's going to make it work cuz there's always people you can compare yourself to there's no end to that and it works as we look to god if we see how the tax collector approaches it he had no comparison games there he just realizes before god that he's sinner he he had, you know, things that weren't right. And he looked to the right place for the solution for his identity. He, he didn't compare himself with other, probably t- you know, other people he could have compared himself to. He didn't. He looked to God and he said, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the text says he went home justified. And it works out because um, as Jesus says in the end, he who humbles himself will be exalted. Which means, in other words, when we realize that, you know, on our own, all games aside, when we realize our condition, that we're not right with God, that we have sins, that we don't really deserve things from him, then we realize that our identity really has to be grounded in him and he has to do the things and give us what's needed to make us right. And he has to be the one to lift us up. We can't lift ourselves up by pushing others down and comparing ourselves with other people around us. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do for us, that in in our sinfulness like the tax collector, Jesus had to um, come and take our wrongs, our sins, our hurts, everything we've done wrong, our negativity, and put them on himself and pay for those sins, get rid of them, uh, cover them up on the cross, so that that would not be, in the way. We don't have to have negativity dominating our thinking because we have a God who forgives us. We have God who takes those sins away. We have God who, w- with Jesus, took it all on himself so we'd be clean. And, and what's more, he rose again. And Jesus rose again so that we, you know, know that we have a resurrection and an eternal life, yes, waiting for us in heaven, but that identity as God's own child isn't something that's only far off in heaven we have a heavenly identity right here and right now, too. We are God's own. He loved and cared about us enough to do all of that. And so every earthly thing doesn't quite work to ground our identity in. But in Christ, we really have our true identity uh, connected with him, defining who we are and helping us live our life out in peace and comfort connected with him. And so I hope this text, at least as a beginning, in helping us realize who we really are, who you really are, it doesn't work grounding that in other people or things around us. But ultimately, our identity is secure in the God who has made us his own through Jesus, taking our sins away, worked faith in our hearts, creating a relationship with him that lasts not just now, but forever in heaven. He's given us a heavenly identity, and right now, we can live at peace with this heavenly identity as we wait uh, for that eternal life someday. Amen. Uh, Please rise for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, protect us from the harmful negativity that turns us against our neighbor and against ourselves ultimately. Grant that we find our true identity always in you and your son's saving work, giving us our recreated and heavenly identity. Amen.